0: Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to another quick episode of the IKG. Well, of course, I am Eric, and yeah, thank you for listening. Well, we all know that October is most known for Halloween, right? And I want to do my part and celebrate it. So I posted something out there on my community Facebook page for people to let me know about a story that they may have, and a true story, but a creepy one nonetheless and I've gotten a few responses so far regarding it so I'll do my best and put one out every Saturday for the month of October and thank you to the ones that reached out to me so far and yeah there's been some interesting ones y'all so let's get right to the first one shall we so I received my first message from someone in the community she told me a pretty interesting story regarding her old home where she grew up in and while typically one would feel like your home is your sanctuary, you know? The place where you can kind of find peace and comfort and normalcy and stuff. This particular home was anything but normal, but not not really in a bad way. Well, let me just let you hear it for yourself and we'll go from there. I do
1: have a, a little bit of a story to tell. Um, And a lot of people find it hard to believe, um, but um, it really did happen. And I still don't understand what it was or know the truth behind it to this day, but it kind of freaks me out. Um, But yeah, so my grandmother raised me. She basically had me since I was around 18 months old. And my grandmother was a nurse, and I was raised in Alabama. Her nursing job, she worked with, she did basically mental health type stuff. And a lot of people are familiar with home health, where you actually go in and check on patients and do like a little quick assessment. And after that, you do your documentation and you leave and you go home. Well, my grandmother, because she had so many children, I think she had like five or more, she had a really huge house. All the kids were grown and they they had left. Um, so I guess she was like, well, she didn't want all the rooms in the space in the house to go away. Cause you know, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So she decided to do home health from her home. So what she did, she actually took in mentally ill patients um, and she actually had like six patients. Um, the back of the house was two rooms, there were two Um, patients to each room in the back. Um, The hallway, there was four bedrooms. The back two rooms, um, there were one patient in each room. The front room to the left was my room. The front room to the right was my grandmother's room. Um, But it was a lot of mentally ill patients. So like anytime I would want to have company, Everybody will be freaked out and they'll be afraid because they'll be like, oh, my goodness, this lady is scary. But if you think about it as a child, when you see someone that's mentally ill, it does scare you. Um, but being that I'm a nurse now, I understand how some medication that are used to treat mental illness um, actually has an effect on a person's psych and their uh, motor skills. So there was a, a couple of patients that actually had tardive dyskinesia, um, which is basically where you just have involuntary movement to the face. Um, but it's a side effect of a the medication they usually take. So on top of them being mentally ill, they have like this deformity and this abnormal movement to their face and mouth. And a lot of them, because it came with, because they were all mentally ill, They hallucinated, Um, they were speaking of things that weren't there or that we didn't see that maybe they saw. And it's crazy how everybody died once my grandmother gave them up. But there's this one lady, her name was Addie. She actually was uh, one of the children that they said had died in the um, house well in the church fire that was in Birmingham it was in the books in the history books and everything that Addie Mae Collins had died it's um, one of the one of the children that had died in the fire that was in Birmingham but she in fact did not um, and she was actually one of my grandmother's patients Look, looking back on it to this day it is is kind of creepy but um, At night, like, especially like during a cool moon or something, like she would just start talking to the, she would be in her room in the dark and she will be talking to herself and like, it's like she was like talking to demons or something, tell them to get away from her, move, don't touch her and stop, this and other. But because of the fire, she did have some deformities, which made it even more creepy. Like her eyes... Uh, it's almost like they were bulging, bulging out of her head and it's like they were kind of pinched to the sides on each side where it was kind of like I don't know it almost looked like someone sewed the eyelids together in the corners to keep her eyeballs from bulging out that's literally what it looked like um, and she only had three fingers on each hand she lost a boob. they said it was because of cancer but everything that was a deformity it looked it looked like it was burned on one side and it was very scary. A lot of people would come by that were adults and like, oh, this lady is the She's demonic. I don't know why you have her in the house. My grandmother, you know, she's used to all of this. She's like, whatever. Take with a grain of salt. So you can only imagine, like, how many different personalities was going around through the house. You know, I used to, as a child, I used to try to stay away from it. I was, I was always outside with the horses and cows and everything. So, oh, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, she actually was living there, too. She ended up passing away, um, I want to say year 2000 or 2001. She was 101 when she had died. Um, but she had a chair in, a, in the living room that she used to always sit in with her blanket. And she used to have it over her legs. And I had a really close relationship with my great-grandma. Of course, that was my big mama, if everyone else called their grandparents and great-grandparents. I just so happened to fall asleep in um, the living room, and I guess you have to see the house and how it was set up, but in the living room, across from the living room was the kitchen, but there was a bar area that separated the living room from the kitchen, and a step down from the kitchen was the dining area. Yeah, I, I woke up, it was really late, and it was really dark. Um, only thing I could see was the stove light that was on over the stove. And I woke up, it was it was kinda abrupt. And I kept hearing something that was in the dining area. And I'm like, I wonder what that is. You know, curiosity killed the cat. So I, I caught myself getting up to go near the entrance of the kitchen to look down into the dining area and then all of a sudden like i saw a huge shadow that it basically got up it rambled all the chairs that were in the dining area and it looked like it was running after me so because i was afraid (laughs) i took off running and i ran down the hallway and instead of going to the left and going to my room i went down the hallway to the right ran and jumped into bed with my grandmother and got underneath her and um it freaked me out <laughs> i just felt like my grandmother was protecting me and when i had woke up the next morning i told my grandmother i was like grandma i told her what had happened and she was like oh that was probably a granddaddy playing with you he loved kids and he you know he loved to play with kids he probably was just messing around you know just wanted to play with you I never met my grandpa, but I did learn that he died in the house, but I didn't know that. But I was just like, no, grandma, it was a big shadow. Like it was something big and black, like it was chasing me. And she was like, it was nothing. She was like, "Uh, like I said, it was probably a grandpa. He loved kids. He liked to play a lot. But to this day, I'm just like, "Oh, oh my goodness, I just don't know what it was or what it could have been. But like, it, it still freaks me out to this day, like, it's, and ever since then, like, I never fell asleep in the living room again, like, I never fell asleep in the living room again, never um, so the house is still there, um my my grant my grandmother's oldest son, my uncle, is actually um, basically the owner, of it. he doesn't live in it just yet, but he's basically doing a lot of um, just he's renovating it and you know fixing up some stuff and you know it's crazy because after my grandmother moved out and she's in a nursing home now um she turned 89 this year um but i used to call my grandma like every time i would have a bad dream it would be in the setting of that house
0: so as you can see she couldn't really shake the idea of the house after she left now, true, it is a family home, but whenever she would have nightmares, it would always include the house. Now, logically, your subconscious mind would often attach itself to something pretty familiar when it comes to projecting a dream or a nightmare or whatever. You know, nightmares are no different, actually. So, it's understandable if she would have recurring nightmares related to the home. She was scared out of her mind sometimes, but maybe. Just maybe. Could there be something more sinister at play with this?
1: Like, every time something bad would happen, every time I would have a bad dream, it was always the setting of it would be at that house. And I would tell my grandma, like, Grandma, like, I had a bad dream. And I was like, But it was at the house again. And it got to a point to where she was like, Well, you know what? I'm going to make sure I get some blessed oil and I'm going to have your uncle go to the house. And put blood soil in every room and we're gonna have to pray over the house and the property and i don't know if she did it or not um but ever since then every time i don't have any bad dreams with that setting of a bad dream being at that house but um i do remember too uh even after that event had happened uh, we had horses and uh, one of the horses ended up dying Um, it was a show we had show horses at tennessee wilder's and um, one of the one of the the people that my dad would go against, um, he found out where the, his barn was. You never give a horse wet hay um, because they can't digest it. It'll make them stick to their stomach, um, and they could actually die from it. But um, the some guy that was my dad was going against in the shows. One of the top horses that he had, he ended up coming and he. Knew which stall the, the horse was in, and he gave it something, and it killed it. Um And my dad came to the morning next morning and saw that the horse was dead; he, it had died. You know, usually most people out there they want to make money out of horse, so they'll like call a glue truck, glue company, and they'll get the the horse and they'll take it away just to make money off of it. But this particular horse, we had a lot of land he actually had a tractor come and buried the horse down like in the down in the down over the hill um and you know it was one of my favorite horses so i cried and cried and cried and i I remember having a dream i started having multiple dreams that time of the man going feeding the horse the horse dying the horse being buried um and then the horse coming back like it's something like demonic or evil and chasing me back up to towards the house. So that was another dream I kept having and it took me a while to get over that too. But I honestly think, you know, when you have a lot of stuff in your subconscious, like it can actually like you can it can feed off the energy that that you have. Like it can feed off of what you're thinking and what's in your mind, and you know, stuff will start
0: to happen. I, 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 I truly do believe that. You know, I truly believe that, 100%. Earlier I said that the subconscious is a very powerful tool, and once it has a hold on something, it's hard to let it go, especially when it's something that can't be explained, and that's possibly why she kept having those dreams. It fed off the energy of her thoughts, and we always hear that your thoughts have power. And in this case, was no exception. So let's just hope that's the explanation. And that's it for this evening, folks. Halloween, of course, is coming again, and you should be ready for the spooky times are upon us. Thank you for listening to this special episode of the IKG. My name is Eric, of course, and I'll see you all soon.